Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Boomer, The Buckeye, and The Plainsman. I'm joined by the Boomer, Drew England, and the Buckeye, Zach Merrill. Fellas, it is great to be back with you guys. I know it's been a while. We've all been doing this holiday thing. How did uh, how did Christmas, New Year's go for you, you and your family, Drew, Zach? I was good. I got to go over to, uh, to Tulsa and spend some time with my dad. We do our annual uh, barbecue Christmas Eve. Uh, he cooked up some brisket and ribs and all kinds of stuff. It was good times and got to hang out with him and uh, his wife's family and do all that. And just had a little relaxing time. It was, it was cool. Um, very thankful for the time off and uh, watching a lot of good football and, you know, being around my dad, always, always fun. So had a good time. Yeah, it, it was good my way too, man. Just got, got a lot of rest. Unfortunately, we kind of had a crazy month at work. Um, so that was a lot of fun. But um, on top of that, you know, I, I was sick most of the holiday season. So that was miserable. On top of watching uh, probably the worst Ohio State defense I've, I've seen since I've been alive out of the cradle. So thankfully, we're, uh, we let a lot of coaches go. There's probably like no one returning at this point on the defensive side, which is awesome, which means our, our new defense coordinator, Mr. Knowles, uh, who apparently was a, was recognized as a top defense coordinator this year in football, which which is pretty cool. Uh, we'll see what he can do to fix the defense, man. So it's uh, Jeff Halfley fixed it in 2019 from 2018. Um, so we're I'm just looking forward to seeing what kind of transformation that can happen to our defense this year. Isn't that right, that, Matt? That didn't that didn't take very long, did it, Matt? This year, my 2022 will be better because I'll be watching a better defensive. Performance from Ohio State Buckeyes. I, I, I feel you on that same token, uh, Zach. I'm I'm really excited about the uh, about the centers moving forward. So, yeah, let's don't get too far ahead of ourselves. We still got about eight months to marinate on uh, to marinate on that. Seven months. Um, and I know we're going to get to our main event here shortly. We're going to talk about uh, um, the SEC, how they're going to win another national championship because they are the best conference and they have the two top teams All in records. the country. But it just means more when you're paying for a national championship. Okay. Oh yeah, gosh. It just more say. when you guys looking awesome. <laughs> no hey, how about the, hey, Kansas State Wildcats, baby. Man, when you got a wide receiver as your starting quarterback, and you have hey, it just means more though. Better athletes, all that, you know, right? They don't. Well, they don't love college football. That's why they're opting out. Um, oh, that's yeah. I, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of hearing for, about that SEC nonsense. <laughs> It's, oh, it, it's getting sickening to That's just because you're a Big Ten homer. But anyway. uh, it'd be awesome if you if the SEC gets so many good recruits every year, they should be able to beat Houston. They should not opt out of ball games just because they're playing Wake Forest and they're afraid to lose. Um, they oh, shouldn't this... lose the Kansas. They shouldn't lose the Kansas State or Purdue in the Music City Bowl. Um, well, and just all this all this depth, man, in the SEC. You know, you shouldn't have a problem just filling guys in. You know, and just. Keeping that train rolling, but I mean, well, you know, I think so too. But I guess it's tough when you don't really have good coaching. There's just one good coach, yeah, in year in and year out. And Georgia arrives every couple of years, right, Drew? And then you yeah, know, go, they, go they, Tigers. Uh, they end up rolling the bed later on against. Go Tigers. But anyway, well, speaking of coaches, <laughs> we're going to talk some coaching uh, moves first before we get to our get, get to our main event. We had a lot of college uh, coaching turnover and that's that's part of the fun um you know when we get around the end of november first of december that's when it really starts building gets it gets into a crescendo here here around the bowl season um uh, drew i would like for you to give me your top two um who 
who did the best job of getting getting a coach to fill to build their position? Uh, I'll just I'll start with number two because you guys probably are already going to guess my number one. But um, I'm going to homer it. I don't care whatever number two. Um, honestly, um, just looking down the list, and it's a it's a it's a big list. Um, I think. Um, and this is kind of a under, not under the radar, but something that uh, a lot of people are not going to look at um, really, really heavily. But I, I like the way he finished the year with Texas Tech and uh, doing the interim job that he had. I'm going to go with uh, Sonny Cumbie at Louisiana Tech. I like his passion. I like his fire. I like his spunk. He's been around. And I like just the simple fact that he gets an opportunity to be a head coach. Um, I really love that. Sonny Cumbie, I've always liked him. I followed him, you know, just his, his days at Texas Tech, the air raid, and doing all that stuff. Um, just really, really, uh, really happy that he, he got the opportunity. And then obviously, number one, me being an Oklahoma fan, bringing uh, Coach Venables back to Oklahoma. And not only the hire as a head coach, but just the, uh, the assistance that he's, he's been able to bring in since then um, has been huge. And so just a little – you know, without going into too much uh, detail, really excited for uh, the the Brent Venables era to begin in, uh, in in Norman, Oklahoma. So, well, he's very familiar with that, and you know, he was he was there for a long time. So, yeah, I believe that is uh, is it number one. I don't know, but I know it's a good hire, definitely a good hire. Zach, um, what are your number one and number two? So I'm going to surprise you guys a little bit. I would definitely say Venables is definitely up there. Um, I'm going to say he's, he's one of my favorite hires, but I'm going, I'm going with my two personal favorite ones. Um, just through the mere fact, I think they're, they're program changing hires. Um, and here's why. Um, number two is Lincoln Riley. I've never liked Lincoln Riley. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's a proven coach. He's not a proven coach. He's, he's, he really hasn't been. He's lost the big game every single year. Um, yeah, he's had a good uh, couple good Heisman's for with some veteran players, but he, offensively, he he is an offensive genius. He's 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 a really good offensive coach. Um, I think what I like about Lincoln Riley that he brings the Southern Cal is he's going to kind of bring the swagger back a little bit. You know what I mean? So he's a young he is a, he's a young coach with a bunch of energy. Um, I think he's going to get uh, some kids in California excited. And I'm really interested to see with all these recruits and stuff going back to USC. Um, how much can that program change in the next four or five years? So that's going to be really, you know, USC is a blue blood, right? So it's always fun watching USC actually be a good team, be a good team. Whether they're competing in the playoffs or whether they're just, you know, on that the edge in the top ten, I think it's just an exciting hire. Uh, number one is Mario Cristobal. I think it's kind of you know much of the same thing. Mario Cristobal, I think, is going to bring some physicality back to the University of Miami, uh, back when you had Ray Lewis and Sean Taylor, and, and you know. Um, Ed Reed, I think he's going to bring some uh, some exciting stuff to the University of Miami, get those kids fired up. He's an alumni, um, and uh, he kind of started his GA coaching career down there as well. So I think those are my probably my two favorite hires because I think they're program-changing hires for programs that we're used to growing up and seeing uh, be very good programs. So I'm excited to see what they uh, can do kind of moving forward, especially well, the ACC and the Pac-12 being two of the – weakest conferences in college football, it's going to be easier for them to get to the top than if they were in another conference. Well, as long as Lincoln Riley doesn't have to play Dave Aranda's defense, he's good. So, um. <laughs> True. <laughs> well, and, or and anyone in the playoffs. But. 
Yeah. And I like those choices you gave, and I'm kind of like with Zach. Um, my number two is uh, Lincoln Riley at, at Southern Cal. I think they needed – they've grown stagnant since uh, Carroll left and, and Clay Helton just, just obviously wasn't, wasn't what they needed. And, and, you know, he's young, and that's what they needed, and they're going to get uh, him in there, and they're getting everybody excited for the program, and I think it's – I think it's going to be good for them. Um, and, and the good thing about them is I know I know Utah had a good show and they won 10 games this year, Oregon. Um, you know, the, the good thing about Riley going to Southern Cal is the Pac-12 doesn't have a lot of dominant teams. So he has the ability to get back on top year one and not have yeah. to worry about building and here's a Well, here's another interesting one is uh, – you know, how well does Dan Lanning build that defense at Oregon? And, and I think those are the two programs that everybody's excited to see play each other because it'll be a, you know, people are going to be not used to Oregon being built on defense and, you know, USC obviously yeah. with a high-powered offense. So that'll be, that'll be fun to watch for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. And my number one coach, uh, coaching move, I think LSU did a great job of getting uh, Brian Kelly. Uh, the dudes won everywhere. Um, not everybody loves him. Not everybody – um, um, you know, has has good words to say about him, but I mean, he's he won at um, every level, and the fact that he's going to LSU and LSU doesn't have another in-state school that it's got to compete against, I think. Yeah, um, he's the winningest coach in Notre Dame history too, and that's people don't realize that. That's kind of mm-hmm. you know yep. crazy to yep. think about. Yep, yep. So, and I think, it's, and he's just got to work on that accent, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is, is the post-game interview, we will be able to understand him. Um, and, <laughs> and we'll not have the same issue that we had with um, Ed O. Um, one hire that I want to, to bring about is um, it's, it's, it's not going to make a dent in anything. It's, it's, it's a coach who's 60 years old and going to a program that's never going to be, uh, be any good. But Jerry Keel did a great job with Minnesota. He had a lot of health issues. He had seizures on the sidelines and, and beat cancer and all that. New Mexico State is never going to be any good, but I am super excited and super happy that uh, Jerry Keel has another opportunity. And um, I wish him a lot of luck at New Mexico State. That is for sure. Uh, another another one that, that kind of is a little under the radar too is people, uh, Mike Elko at uh, Duke. That'll be a yeah. – uh, That'll be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Cutcliffe done something at Duke. I didn't think that could ever be done, um, and that's actually win on a semi-consistent basis for you know since Steve Spurrier. Four. You know, it, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I think, this, I think this is a perfect year too, guys, because honestly, you know, when you're seeing a lot of these teams that were pretty good this year, like Minnesota was not a bad team this year. Utah wasn't a bad team this year. They were good. I mean, Oklahoma State was a pretty good team this year. So some of these teams, I'm excited to see the teams that have the, all these fifth and sixth year seniors. How is everyone really going to look really next year? Because you're going to have a lot of young kids come in, you know, or you're going to have new starters. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun because when you look at it, I think other than this season had a lot of new fresh meat out there. Like, hey, who is the best quarterback out there right now? I think next year's even going to be like, yeah, we got Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams. But I mean, who are going to be those top players that kind of come out? It's gonna be it's gonna be really fun and exciting to watch next year. It is, and and you mentioned new players, and and you mentioned Caleb Williams and stuff like that. Well, let's go to the transfer portal. Um, 
news just hit 15 minutes ago um, that um, Zach Calzada has committed to Auburn. Um, not that that's not that that's a, a a you know something great. Of course, it's better than T.J. Finley. But but you mentioned Caleb Williams. He's still out there. He's he went into the transfer portal. Uh, he's he's still deciding where he's going to go. You know, um, Ohio State. Quinn Ewers. He was never going to play down at Ohio State, most most likely. But he is he is transferred to Texas. I mean, a lot of good players are moving from one team to another. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts on the transfer portal and how it's going to how it's going to affect the rich? Are they going to get richer? You know, with Alabama getting Eli Ricks, with them getting um, running back from Georgia Tech, it seems like they're only going to get better. Better. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I think it's. The verdict's still out. I mean, I think the rich could keep, keep getting rich or the rich may lose. I mean, look at Ohio State. They lost Quinn Ewers, right? So, you know, we, we could say the rich keeps getting rich and Quinn Ewers got rich at Ohio State. He made about a couple, you know, about a couple million dollars, but then he moved on to Texas because he realized he wasn't playing. So how long can Nick Saban say, hey, look, you can win this much here at Alabama National Championship, but when you got the third string quarterback that could – either be a backup at Alabama or he can go make a million dollars a year at some small town school like Eastern Michigan, who just offered Caleb Williams a million dollars. I mean, how, how does that work, man? So, I mean, is the, um, is the parody in college football going to get better, worse? I'm not sure. Uh, the verdict kind of still is, still is out. I kind of hate the transfer portal because Ohio State's lost a lot of guys in the portal. Um, Oklahoma just lost a bunch of guys in the portal due to the fact that Lincoln Riley left. I don't love it, but at the end of the day, I mean, how can you hold kids accountable to stay in one specific spot when coaches aren't even being faithful these days? Bingo. We'll we'll, we'll see moving forward. I think it's it's a lot of fun to watch. I think it's kind of cool to watch some players, like big-time players, go to other colleges and see how they compete. Joe Burrow made a big difference when he was a transfer. Um, you know, Jamison Williams, obviously. So, in the last couple of years, a transfer has been a part of a, a pretty good national championship team for the most part. So, um, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really interested where Caleb Williams goes. I'm not really sure what he's thinking. I mean, there's really only two schools that I would could think of offensively that he would want to leave for, and that's Alabama and Ohio State. And he's not going to play there. So, I, I guess I don't understand um, – why and now you're kind of thinking to the point where it's like hey if he goes back to Oklahoma is Oklahoma going to purposely like make Dylan Gabriel look better than him now because Dylan Gabriel committed and Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal what happens if Caleb Williams goes back to OU does Dylan Gabriel go back to the portal it's just it's kind of a weird weird dynamic right now in college football it is it is and you know the transfer portal can actually hurt a lot of teams. I think Oklahoma has what five of the top so-called fifty players in the portal that are going to be leaving their program that have gone to to other programs. Um, you know, Drew, what are your thoughts on um, the OU exodus? You know, but before Drew starts, because he's a big OU fan, think about it. OU <laughs> has benefited from the portal with uh, Hertz, Mayfield, and Murray. Oh, That's what know, I was about to say, guys. But the difference between with with those guys, except for Hertz, but Murray and Mayfield, is they had to sit out a year. These guys don't have to sit out a year. I think that's where your your biggest problems lie. And I don't ever want to like just say we could just straight up penalize these kids. But there's got to be some guidelines or some parameters put on this because as we're seeing, 
I saw a stat yesterday or something like that, like 1,500, almost 1,500 guys are in the portal right now. Like between, I mean, obviously that's D1, D2, D3, all that, but that's a ton of freaking kids in the portal. That's ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, I'm all for kids finding opportunities and, and seeing what's out there and, and stuff like that. But at the, at the same time, there's got to be some, some, uh, some guidelines, some parameters put up. Um, and, it's, it, and I think it goes back to what are these guys, what are these athletes, what are these, you know, quarterbacks, whoever it is, what, what do they truly want? Do they want to just make money? Do they want to put, set themselves up for the NFL or, or do they want to win or do they want that kind of package deal and, and kind of what are their motives in this whole, whole thing? And uh, it, it, it's, it's very interesting because yeah, I, um, you know, when, when Lincoln Riley and like Zach, man, Zach hit it perfectly earlier when he talked about coaches can just, you know, pack up and leave in the middle of the night or whatever it is. And they don't have any, you know, accountability or ramifications or anything like that. And, you know, so you're, you're trying to hold these players accountable, but at the same time, you know, these coaches are allowed to do whatever they want and, oh yeah, my school, this uh, next school, just buy it out and, you know, whatever. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, how this all shakes out and the, the, you know, the NCAA and the powers that be um, where they kind of set guidelines if they do, you know, and, you know, I'm sure their money, their, uh, their pockets are getting lined pretty, pretty heavily right now. So they might not even care, but for, for, the average college football fan, it, it's good, but in a way, it's um, this NIL stuff and all that is 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 hurting, you know, the true, um, I guess, tradition of college football, if you will. Which I mean, it's fine. I think we can have have the best of both worlds, but I think we need we need some uh, some guidelines or, or some 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 rules to uh, to some of this stuff. So I don't know what that looks like. We can probably dive more into that during the off season and stuff through our podcast. But uh, right now, I think that's just the, you know, surface level stuff for me. Yeah, true. And it's, you know, it's, I think they've got to have guidelines. They got to do something. And, and you, know, you mentioned it a while ago with, with players getting money, wanting to win a national championship. And this happened in professional ball for, for years. You know, somebody may go to team X for less money because they've got a chance to win a championship as opposed to go to team Y that's going to pay them more money, but they know they're never going to win a championship, you know. And somebody may just take their pads off in the middle of the game and, you know, get naked and run across the field and say, I'm done, you know. Yes, Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, um, you know, what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams? Where does he end up? Um, I mean, we've talked about this through the, through the text a little bit and, um, for me, it's it's all about. I think I went back to the point of, what does he truly want? Does he truly want uh, to develop him, himself into an NFL quarterback? Um, where's that you know best place for him to do that? Um, does he is he chasing the money? Is he chasing you know wins, call, uh, national championships, all that stuff? And I believe that there's you know maybe there's one school that can give all that to him. Um, I think he's a bright kid. He's he's a he's a he got, got excellent talent. He was. He was great for us this year. Um, I th- I, he probably should have been starting all year, but, you know, that's, you know, it was a crazy year for us. Obviously, Lincoln Riley leaving, stuff like that. He came to Oklahoma to be coached by Lincoln Riley. And so, um, you know, if you're going with that, then, you know, he, he might just go to USC if he wants to be coached by Lincoln Riley. If he wants, you know, like he, he said, you know, the best um, – 
best place for him to develop um, as a as a quarterback and things like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think two schools really stand out to me right now, possibly three, obviously. I think USC, Georgia, and Oklahoma are those three schools. I think that he can, you know, with, with Georgia and Oklahoma, he can stay and, you know, be in the best situation to win and play right away. Like Zach said earlier, there's, you know, Alabama and Ohio State, you know, but he's not going to be able to – he'll win there, but he's not going to – he's going to have to, you know, win on the bench. I don't think he can – you know, he might be able to beat one of those guys out, but I doubt it. But for him to come in, play right away, I think the best two schools that set him up for that is is Oklahoma and Georgia. Um, and so, well, I mean, we'll see, you know, what he chooses, you know. Um, but hey, I'm never going to rip a kid for, 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 for doing that. I'm not going to go to Twitter and – you know, say, oh, you do this, that, and other, man, because we're not in these kids' shoes. We don't know the kind of pressure they're feeling. We don't know, you know, what they've discussed with their families and, and things like that. And at the end of the day, uh, these kids are just trying to, to do the best for themselves and, uh, you know, wish him the best wherever he chooses to do. Um, and then, like Zach said earlier, it'll be interesting to see if he does come back to Oklahoma, you know, what shakes out there in the uh, quarterback room there. So, you know what? Here's what I want to say about that, too, though. When you think about, it, like, Drew, I get your stance on Oklahoma. Like, I think he'd be silly to leave Oklahoma because he's already there. He's already implanted, you know, himself in that area. But when you think about best chance to win a national championship, I don't think it's OU for at least a, a year or two. I mean, probably two years just based on the fact that they've had so many people leave. I would, you know, I would say if you didn't have any of those players leave and they stayed – and Brett Venables was able to implement his defense and get some other guys coming in. I think they'd have a good shot to win in a couple of years or, or compete for a national championship. But I think for him going back right now, it's going to be tough. I mean, you're going to you're going to play a, a good Baylor program. I mean, do I think they can win the Big Twelve? Yeah, absolutely. But like, can he really compete with the net for a national championship all of a sudden one year after Venables steps in? I don't think so. Um, I think I do think Georgia is probably his best destination when it comes to athletes. Um, now, the more I think about it, actually doing more research, you know, Jeff Lebby, I think, is a fantastic offensive coordinator. He's proven in college football for the past couple of years. But, I mean, has he really proven that he can he can make you an NFL quarterback right now? I would say no. I'm, I mean, not yet, at least. I mean, Matt Corral is a heck of a quarterback, right? So, but is Matt Corral Caleb Williams-esque? And the answer is no. Matt Corral is not the type of talent that Caleb Williams is or the type of talent – other quarterbacks in the in college football are so maybe Todd Munkin is a better choice right now for him because he's like Todd Munkin's coached the NFL he knows what it takes to be in the NFL so him moving on into Georgia by the end of the day is Oklahoma gonna have an explosive offense with or without Caleb Williams absolutely with Jeff Lebby at the helm even with Dylan Gabriel I think you guys seen a pretty good chance to win in the Big 12 with Dylan, Dylan Gabriel you know what I mean so I think you guys are going to be good either way I think Caleb Williams is probably Kyler Murray and Dylan Gabriel's like Baker Mayfield, you know, or um, Jalen Hurts. So I think – I definitely think Caleb Williams is definitely a tier above Dylan Gabriel. But at the same time, it's like Caleb Williams has got to think about I, – I would think that Caleb Williams, if he's a player, he would say, you know, I, I'm biased, so I would say Ryan Day. But I would really say probably Alabama would probably be his best destination because you got Bill O'Brien there who's coached Deshaun Watson. He's coached NFL quarterbacks. You also have – kind of a history there as well to a certain degree with coaches. Um, so I, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know where he, the guy's going to go. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, he's not going to Florida. You know, he's not going to go with Billy Napier. He's not going to Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. If Jim, Bar- Jim Harbaugh is leaving. I mean, he's probably not going to Clemson with DJ Ungalele. I mean, so where in where in the, where in the world is this kid going? I think I think he stepped out too quick. I think he should have listened to Brent Venables, sat with some guys more, try to figure some things out. Because now, if he goes back, he's he's literally in another competition with Dylan Gabriel for the starting job. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think Dylan Gabriel is going to leave. I think he's the type of guy that wants to stick it out. And and know he wanted to play for Coach Levy. That's the biggest thing. That's the reason why he came. Um, and for me, um, and, and this is kind of like a little bit, I'm not saying that we're going to win a national championship or we're going to like, you know, be world beaters next year, but we still have a lot left in the cupboard. I know there's some guys that went to the NFL, entered the thing, and then a few guys went to the portal. Not a ton of guys went to the portal. Um, everybody thinks that there's a, just the cupboard is completely bare. We got a top 10 recruiting class coming in next year. So, I mean, who's to say? I like us kind of float, flying under the radar, too, to be honest with you. I don't like that top, you know, one, two ranking, things like that. I, I, I'm good with, uh, you know, starting outside the top 10 next year in the preseason and stuff like that. And so, for me, it's like, hey, you know, we'll put our best foot forward and, uh, and see, what, see what's going on. But I'm excited uh, to see, see what all is next for sure for, for, for the Sooners. Well, I think if Caleb Williams wants to start, I mean, he's already proven he can beat out Spencer Rattler. So let's just go to South Carolina and just piss Matt, Rattler you, off. Matt, you could, you could beat out Spencer Rattler. <laughs> All right, folks. Enough of this stuff. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, I know you guys have been waiting to talk about the powerful SEC and this national championship game. Me, me, and, um, me and Zach are not gonna not gonna smash you on the on, on the podcast. Not just yet. We'll wait until you know later on down the road, maybe. So appreciate that. I appreciate you know. that. Um, <laughs> you know, and and obviously this is a rematch. This is a rematch of um, um, a game that many people thought would go different a month ago. And when Georgia jumped out ten to nothing on Alabama, I'm like, uh oh. Here it is, you know, and then from that 10 to nothing, it, it was just uh, um, Bryce Young all over the field. And um, now with the fact that John Mechie is hurt, is that going to – which he got hurt in that game anyway. Um, but um, now what's, what's the game plan? Does Bama change their game plan? Does Georgia uh, change their game plan? Um, Drew and Zach, y'all help me understand um, how this game is going to be different from – the SEC championship game and how the coaches are going to prepare. Um, and if there's any rat poison out there that Alabama needs to deal with. Yeah. yeah. we got to throw that rat poison in there. It wouldn't be the same without, without the rat poison. No, for me, um, that was the question I was going to ask you guys is, uh, you know, and I'll, 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 I'll dive into it a little bit too, but, uh, you know, how's the dogs and for that matter, the Crimson Tide going to adjust their game plan this time around? Um, for me, Alabama is going to have to adjust a little bit. You already brought in the Mechie factor. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who else steps up, Slade Bolden, you know, some of those other guys. And then, you know, Jameson Williams, um, as, as uh, Zach alluded to him earlier, uh, who's, who was, you know, put himself in a great situation coming out of the transfer portal. Um, but for me, you know, I don't think Alabama needs to come in with a new game plan. I think that they're going to come in with the same type of game plan. Um, but, you know, I think there's, you know, obviously Nick Saban is 
you know, done this a few times. He's got some, some things ready um, and some, some adjustments, in-game adjustments I think they're going to have um, if, if things go a little different than what they, they had hoped or, or, or things like that. And so I think you know, they're going to come in, uh, try to establish the, the line of scrimmage uh, a little bit. Um, but at the same time, Alabama's got some injuries up front, and that's going to be a, a key. So, um, you know, do we see a, a drastic game plan change? Maybe not, because I think Nick Saban's going to be like, all right, let's we're going to still go with what, what got us here. But I think you're going to see a quick trigger on that if, you know, if they're not able to, uh, you know, establish, you know, that that offensive line who's who's kind of banged up a little bit against obviously a very good Georgia front. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see that first couple series, couple drives um, and 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 see where where Saban makes the adjustments, because that's why he is he is who he is, is because he can make those adjustments. And, you know, the times that he has not been able to make those adjustments has been when he's got out athleted, if you will, um, a the last time they played Clemson, um, you know, and got took into the woodshed because, you know, they just had better athletes. That's hardly the case when Saban is coaching, you know, and he's also an underdog in this game, which is kind of kind of crazy. So um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. So we'll we'll dive into some more. But that's just my my quick uh, um, opening opening statement. Well, I'm going to say this, Jura. I definitely disagree with you about the athletes part for Clemson. Here's what beat Alabama. Cleland Farrell, Carlos Watkins, Christian Wilkins, and Xavier Thomas and the gang. The, what, what Clemson – Athletes. I mean, defensive linemen. Yeah, yeah, yes. athletes, they're defensive linemen. But think about, think about who was in their back end. Nolan Turner, Tanner Muse, James Skalski. Not, not great skill players, but – that's when you, you know, to kind of get, you know, Ben Bell is on the 2016 team, not 2018, but the, the big, the biggest difference was, is, is, is the trenches, right? So oh, Clemson used to be so physical in the trenches and Georgia's physical in the trenches as well. Here's the big difference. Alabama's got the best defensive lineman in the entire country on their defensive defensive line. So Stetson Bennett is a mailman. The guy's not an elite quarterback. The guy's not going to play in the NFL. Um, I think the biggest difference right now is going to be the quarterback play. Um, I think when you watch the football game and you watch Cincinnati play Alabama, it was clear that Alabama was showing them zero. Alabama wasn't showing anybody any film. They weren't showing whoever they were playing, whether it was Michigan or Georgia, that uh, whoever won that night, they weren't showing them anything in the playbook. They ran the ball over and over and over and over again. They did nothing, man. They played good. Sanders had, what, 204, 204 yards, I think? Yeah, Brian Robinson. Yep. Did. Yeah, uh, Brian I mean, Robinson. Yeah, and, and that was it. They did nothing else besides throw some balls to tight ends and throw the receivers. So I'm really intrigued to see what kind of game plan they come up with. Like, I mean, Bill Bryan's a pretty good play caller. You know, what I mean, forget the fact that he was a b- bad GM in the NFL. <laughs> you know, what I mean, but yeah. he was a heck of a head coach, a heck of a play caller. Um, was a play caller for Tom Brady. Um, I don't see any way Georgia's beating Alabama in the national championship. There's just no way. I mean, well, I here's it, John here. Mechie's out, but John Mechie was out when they were up a couple points the last game. They still won. Yeah, I'm not you know, so much worried about John Mechie as I am. They've got some more injuries on the offensive line. Well, and I get that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, this is Alabama, man. Number one recruiting class, I mean, over and over and over again. It's Nick Saban, the GOAT. 
it's University of Alabama. I hate to see him win again, but I'd rather watch Alabama win than Georgia. Um, I will say this, though. I mean, yes, they're going to game plan. Georgia's going to try to play press man-to-man coverage on Jamison Williams with a safety over top um, and, and making sure he's not going deep. But Georgia's not – I mean, De- De'Aaron, Kendrick is not a good corner. I mean, you guys forget Kendrick got burnt three times last year against Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, and Garrett Wilson. The guy can't cover Jamison Williams in the national championship. He's not a good corner. Um, I, I'll stick to my guns on that. He's a transfer from Clemson that went to Georgia this year. Uh, there's no way. Uh, there's no way Georgia's got a shot against Alabama. It's gonna be. It's gonna be the same thing the SEC always says. SEC, SEC, SEC. But it's really the Alabama conference, and that's the only conference it is. So it's gonna be Alabama winning another national championship. Well, we already Alabama got already hit the predictions. <laughs> yeah, I man. We're supposed to do that later. I mean, it's supposed Golly. to make people want to listen to fired up. He's just getting too fired up, Matt. <laughs> and, you know, the Alabama coaching staff did a great job in the last two games. They knew what they had to do to beat Georgia. They put the ball in the, the air. Um, that game won Bryce Young, the Heisman, you know, because he, um, he had such a great game. And they knew that the defensive front of Cincinnati would not be able to compete against them. So that's just like Zach said, they didn't have to throw the ball. You know, I told you guys it was going to be like 48 to 10. Well, it wasn't 48 to 10 because Bama ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball, and they didn't have to throw the ball to win. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Alabama really doesn't have to make, make the adjustments. It's up to Georgia because, Georgia, you're the one that got pounded um, the last time. And we said before, you know, months ago, Georgia can get to the national championship game with Stetson Bennett. Georgia can get to the SEC championship game with Stetson Bennett. But we made the comment that we don't think they can win it with Stetson Bennett, you know, because he's – and maybe it's unfair to him. I mean, because the dude can tuck the ball and run and get you 10 yards on, on third and eight when you need it. Yeah, but so, his problem was he threw those two interceptions and one was a pick six in that SEC championship game. And you cannot turn the ball over against – Alabama and Nick Saban, especially with that kind of offense that they've been showing. Um, so, I mean, we'll 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 see what happens. What's gonna here's what's gonna happen. I mean, Matt's exactly right. What's gonna happen is Kirby Smart decided not to go to Justin Fields from Jake Fromm, and he's decided not to go from, to JT Daniels from Stetson Bennett. Kirby Smart is two quarter two simple adjustments away from winning two national championships. And in my opinion, it's just, it's, it's as simple as that, man. It's as simple as that. You can't, you can't do what Kirby Smart is doing. And you know what? That's the reason why they need somebody like Caleb Williams, man. Caleb Williams on the team this year, they win national championship. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, any quarterback that's a top five to 10 quarterback in the, in college football will win a national championship for that team. But Kirby Smart just can't, he can get everything else done. He can get the running backs, he can get the offensive sure. line. He can get everybody else but yep. a good quarterback. And even if he gets JT Daniels in there, will they still win? I don't know, but they definitely have a better shot. Yeah, I got you. Here's here's my keys, and it's kind of some, something I wrote down a little bit today about the about the game. Um, here's the keys, just to, uh, and then we can we can kind of break this down a little bit. But I'm just going to throw these out there. We'll we'll talk about if it's if it's possible at all. Number one, Georgia must slow down Bryce Young. Number two, Alabama's. Uh, Pass blocking's got to improve a little bit. They've got to give him some more time to throw. Um, number three, we just just alluded to it. Uh, Stetson Bennett, can he continue to step up? Can he can he make those big plays? 
can he um, put them put them in a situation down the stretch of the game, um, you know, to win it? And then the last point, um, which team can get their their playmakers uh, the football? And I think um, those are gonna those four things. You know, we talked about, and I, I talked to a couple of coworkers to a little bit about it. Um, those are going to go a long way into deciding the game. And a couple uh, key playmakers for me that I think, um, if they have big games, I think it'll go a long way. For um, I got two X factors, if you will, for each team: uh, Georgia uh, tight end uh, Brock Bowers, um, and then for uh, Alabama, um, Slay Bolden uh, are my two. Uh, X factors. I think if those guys have potentially can step up and make some plays for their teams, um, they could be in a good, good spot to, uh, you know, to get their team a win. So. Yeah. We've got a tight end and a slot receiver that are going to be the <laughs> And those are great. I mean, that's, um, you know, Bowers had a great year. Uh, Slade Bowden, you know, always seems to come up with a, a big game or a big catch when he's, uh, He's needed, well, he especially was, with he was my X factor because of you know the Mechie because Mechie's going to mm-hmm. be out the entire game and that's going to be a little bit different than you know him already going out when the game was pretty much decided I think so, um, yeah. but yeah so and they can and can Georgia establish the line of scrimmage and and run a football and keep Alabama on the sideline Alabama's offense that's the real yeah. big thing um, is because if you just let Alabama dink and dunk it and throw it down the field and run for 200 more yards, it ain't going to be pretty. Well, just like you said, the running, I think my, my two impact players are going to be Brian Robinson Jr. and Nicobe Dean. I mean, which one – if Brian Robinson can run the football and they can establish play action um, and Bryce Young can already throw the ball anywhere, I think Alabama wins that game pretty easily. But if Nicobe Dean can step up and stop the tight end play and stop the, the running back play, I think Georgia may have a shot. I just – those are my two X factors, running back versus linebacker. For yeah, sure. that's definitely um, that's definitely going to be a key matchup that we um, that we need to watch. And and Alabama's still thin at the running back position. So if so, if something happens, and and which I still don't know if Robbins is one hundred percent, even though he had such a great game the other day. If if well, I just think this big this time off for him, I think there's no reason he shouldn't be at one hundred. So yeah, well, well, they're going to hope hope he is, and going to hope he stays. Uh, he stays healthy because that running back room is 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 thin, and if they have an injury there, then that's going to have the, yeah. the, the the chance of changing the outcome of the game. Um, that is and for then sure. Georgia's defense uh, needs to force a turnover to to have a to have a chance. I think too. Well, yeah, and and they do, and you know Georgia's defense, um, and rightly so, has received tons of accolades this year. Um, you know they were allowing less than. Uh, seven points a game prior to the Alabama game. They get they only had one game this year where they gave up 400 yards, excuse me, 500 yards of offense. And that was Alabama at 534 yards of offense. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and Pete Golding has has just been uh, so maligned the last couple of years at Alabama. But if you look statistically, uh, the Alabama defense uh, in yards per game um, it is right up there with Georgia. So, uh, uh, the Alabama defense is as stout as it's always been um, and, and the Georgia defense. I mean, we know we know where it is. And um, I was really surprised what we saw last month with Alabama putting up 500-plus yards and, and 41 points. That's something that, that um, totally uh, 
totally blew my mind because I didn't expect that at all, uh, at all to happen, you know. So, and I don't think any of us did. I mean, even if we thought Alabama was going to win, the fact that um, they won like they did and, and pretty much they could call their number, call their play, and have it work, you know, we definitely didn't expect that at all. For sure. Well, well, and I think Zach, Zach has already alluded to who, um, who he thinks is going to win. Um, but, but we want to do the prediction part of it. And I'll be honest, I, up to this moment, I still don't know, um, who's, who's going to win. Um, and, and I'm still shocked that George is going to come in as a, um, well, the first time I looked, the last time I looked, they were two and a half point favorite. Um, I think the line, I think it's three now. Wow. You know, so I need you guys to, Give me your predictions and the reasons why, so maybe I can come up with uh, with who I think is uh, is going to win this game. Drew, um, what are your um, what are your predictions on this matchup? Well, my uh, prediction is brought to you by uh, Sooner Eagle Digital Marketing. So, um, my sister and Wayne, they are the uh, uh, leaders of that uh, little um, social media network. Uh, marketing and they're uh, they do a phenomenal job they get a lot of uh, a lot of people that they uh you know do their marketing and, and stuff through with, with social media so if you need anything um as far as social media digital marketing stuff like that your facebook instagram twitter anything like that uh, getting your brand out there give them a shout visit them on uh center eagle digital marketing.com um so my pick um you would have thought I was going with Georgia the way I was talking about them earlier, but um, here's two things. Um, the over-under in this game right now I think is at 52, um, and I'm going to go with the over in this one because I think there will be some points scored. Do I think it will be as many points scored in the, this game as last game? I don't, but, uh, you know, it's hard to beat somebody twice, right? We say that all the time, but – it's Nick Saban, and Nick Saban is the GOAT and will always be the GOAT, whether we like it or not. I hate seeing Alabama win, but until, you know, somebody proves him wrong every once in a while they do, you know, Clemson uh, with a beat down a couple of years ago, things like that. But for the most part, he has been unflappable. Um, he's going to do that again. He's going to repeat, and they're going to win 31-21. And uh, Lucas Oil, that's kind of weird. The game's in Indianapolis. So, uh, roll tide two years in a row. I hate to say it, but. Wow. And the biggest difference, the biggest difference is going to be, again, Bryce Young. The kid's phenomenal. He's going to make plays. Um, I just don't think Georgia's going to be, their defense is, you know, I could be wrong. We could be talking about a whole different thing next week. But, uh, you know. He averaged, uh, you know, they're the fifth average uh, scoring offense in the nation with just about 500 yards of offense and 41 points per game. Um, he threw for 421 yards against them the first time. He may throw for a little less, but um, he's still going to light it up. So, Zach, what are your thoughts, man? Is uh... – is, uh, is Bama going to win back-to-back? Alabama is going to win this game um, 35 to 17. 
They're going to win their second national championship in a row. And the scary part about Alabama this year is the fact that they shouldn't be here. They shouldn't be in the national championship this year. This was the year where everyone had fifth and sixth year seniors. Everyone had people coming back. Um, Oklahoma had guys coming back. Ohio State had guys coming back. Clemson had guys coming back. This was supposed to be the year Alabama had a year off, but so was last year. So um, it's going to be scary because Alabama is going to repeat and they're going to have the best chance next year. They're going to be the favorite to, to three-peat again next year, which is going to be absolutely insane. So Nick Saban is going to have an opportunity for an eighth ring and then a ninth ring, and then maybe the guy's going to get retire or maybe he's going to go through for his 10th so he can fill out every single one of his hands with national championship rings. But uh, Alabama is going to win again. And solely because Georgia has maybe have maybe has better players this year, but Alabama's gonna win solely because the guy that's standing on the sidelines, um, and that's Nick Saban. I got yeah. a bold prediction, but I'll I'll give it right after uh, our our uh, cartoon sponsor here gives us his uh, <laughs> his prediction. He's gonna throw some curveball at us right here, and I I've been waiting for a while to uh, to hear hear this one, Dino. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and, and y'all make, I mean, Alabama by far, you know, got the best coach on the sidelines, uh, you know, Nick Saban. Um, they've got the best assistants, you know, he's got a who's who of assistants down there, man. And they got, they got the best quarterback in Bryce Young. They got, they got the best wide receiver. And how in the world did this dude say, you know, I'm not going to start at Ohio State. Let me go to Alabama. I mean, how good are those Ohio State receivers? But anyway, um, you know, the dude is awesome. Um, Will Anderson, um, definitely a lot better player than Aiden Hutchinson. We will not get into that. But that was that was all due to Alabama fatigue. Uh, they are definitely not going to let two Bammers be in New York City um, up for the uh, Heisman Trophy. I mean, you know, Nicobe Dean's good, um, engineering major and all that good stuff. But, you know, he doesn't measure up to um, to Anderson. And, and, you know, Alabama, they they whooped them before, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's pretty simple to me. Georgia's going to win because Georgia's the one that's had to make the adjustments. Uh, Georgia's the one who, who got Alabama kicked the giant. Alabama has awoken the giant that – that was Georgia, and um, Alabama is not going to beat them uh, two games in a row. And Herschel Walker <laughs> is going to be dancing in the streets. Uh, oh, he is going to He's going to be all um, um, all ecstatic um, over uh, Georgia winning their first natty since 1980. Um, and I I think the under hits. I think uh, Georgia covers the spread. I think the the under hits. Um, Georgia's going to make a lot of adjustments, and the final score is going to be. 21 to 17, Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. Wow. Okay. Here's my, here's my prediction and it won't. Yeah. Dude, Matt, whatever you got, bro, we want some, like whatever you're on, whatever (laughs) the doctor prescribed you, whatever you got for in your Christmas stocking over the holidays, we'll, we'll take some, you know, but uh, (laughs) here's my prediction, my bold prediction. I've told you guys this, but I haven't, I haven't made it public. Uh, I'm going to make it public. Um, Nick Saban is going to win a national championship and he's going to retire and Dabo Sweeney is going to Alabama. So there's my bow prediction. Not this year. It may happen down the road, but not this year. So, yeah. Hey, one (laughs) quick little, little shout out. I think we forgot to mention earlier, but, uh, 
the passing of uh, John Madden and, and a few yeah. other other guys. Um, just uh, I was I was sad when I heard that because what he's done for I know we talk about college football a lot, but uh, what he's done for the NFL, what he's done for the game, uh, things yeah. like that. And so I, I hated to hear that. Uh, great guy. Obviously, we grew up. Me and Zach. I don't know about you. I don't know if there was if Madden was on Atari back in the day, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we uh, I mean, we had some we had some we had some games on on Madden, and it was it was really cool to uh, to experience in that and everything. So uh, you know, R.I.P. to to our guy, John Madden, uh, hated hearing that. Yeah, he was definitely, definitely one of a kind. And um, in the in the Thanksgiving game, he always done in the way he diagrammed and cut into the turducken. Um, turducken, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and gave away the turkey leg for Christmas, uh, for the uh, Thanksgiving. It was, uh, um, it was uh, memorable. And, and shortly after him, you know, Dan Reeves passes. It happens Dan in Reeves. Reeves. It was yeah. Madden Reeves, and it was, of course, not football-related, but – um, everybody's now a Betty White fan and, and, and talking about her. You hey, know, she played but, football uh, in the Snickers commercial, you know? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. So, so. Um, well, fellas, um, I'm excited for, for the game that's coming up. I'm excited for, for the, uh, the podcast that we've had uh, so far. I've had uh, – um, we've had a lot of fun covering college football – and um, we're definitely going to continue. Um, we might even talk a lot of college basketball coming up. Um, who knows, you know, man? We're we'll, gonna we're gonna fill our time with with who knows what, man. We could have some guests on some some different people. Yep. It'll be fun through the off season talking recruiting and all kinds yep. of different stuff. And uh, for sure, we're gonna have, we're gonna have fun sure. with it. So yes, and we may even talk a little deer hunting or bass fishing. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> who knows? We may have Bill Dance on the on. on you never know. <laughs> So. Exactly, exactly. Well, fellas, um, I am, I am um, definitely looking forward to to this game, and I know we'll talk some more. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to next week's recap that we're going to have on the game. And y'all are going to say, Matt, um, your 42 to 14 uh, Georgia beating Michigan prediction. We thought it was crazy, but it was pretty good. And likewise, we think your Georgia Alabama right. prediction is crazy, but we're going to see how awesome you. You really are, wow. and we get to talk about that. So, <laughs> but anyway, fellas, um, I definitely appreciate it, uh, y'all. We um, our time is up, and we thank you for yours. And we will be speaking with you next week. You guys have a great day. See you.